How many of you have seen that trend on social media, put a finger down? Those videos going around, am I going to make you like hip now and happening? Enrique, have you seen that put a finger down trend? Okay, so at least one person has. So it's like a TikTok trend. So I'm bringing you into like the, the modern era now. So all raise your hands, one hand in the air, all five fingers up. I'm going to read some statements. And if the statement is true for you, you're going to put a finger down. And I want to see how many people still have a finger up at the end of these eight statements. Okay. Here we go. I don't have time. Be there in a minute. I'll do it tomorrow. I've got more important things on my mind. There are just not enough hours in a day. Would you hurry up? How time flies. Where has the time gone? Who still got fingers up? I'm so impressed. I really am so impressed. Well done. Just a few of you. If you have used any of these statements or similar types of statements, you know the experience of being in the trap. Time, restraints, and pressures. Time, restraints, and pressures. The trap. There's a quote by Michael Altshuler that goes like this. The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. It is stewardship time again. For many churches, it means one Sunday during the year where the pastor gets up, and if the pastor is brave enough, he or she begs for money. And that's not what I'm doing. My theology based on discipleship makes for a much deeper sense of understanding what stewardship means. And when I look to the scriptures as a whole, there are three recurring themes of stewardship that keep coming up over and over again. And these are the things that God has so graciously given us. And he's called us to use them wisely. And to use them in service to him. These three things are time, talents, and treasure. Each of which God has given to us in great abundance. And today, we'll look closer at the gift of time as we explore our stewardship series, Spill the Tea. For a moment, I'd like you to imagine with me that there's a bank that deposits 86,400 rand into your account every morning. Now imagine that no matter what is left over that night, the balance goes back to zero. But every morning, another 86,000 rand, 86,400 rand shows up. It's a use it or lose it kind of situation. What would you do? I know what I'd do. I'd draw out every cent, every single day, of course. Truth is, each of us has this bank. Its name is time. Every morning, we are credited with 86,400 seconds. We don't get a single second more, and any second we don't use wisely is lost forever. Time carries over no balance. It allows no overdraft. It doesn't allow, allow for a rollover minutes. You can't keep time in a bottle. There's no going back. There's no drawing against the tomorrow. 
You must live in the present on today's deposit. The clock is running. Make the most of today. Now, by making the most of today, I don't mean that we need to cram as much stuff as we can into a 24-hour period. That's not the way to live. The thing that we need to strive for is living the balanced life. And as I study Jesus' life, I'm amazed that he never seemed to be in a hurry. Although he was doing the most important job in the world, he was redeeming the world, and although he knew he only had a few years to do it, he never ran. He made time to consider the flowers and the birds of the air. He had time to put his hands on the little children and bless them. Time was his friend. Wouldn't it be nice to live like that? What was his secret? And as I look to scripture, I see time and time again, it's a balanced life. It's a purposeful life with God's purpose always at the heart of it. So do you want to know how to make life really count? How to turn time into your friend and not your enemy? You have to live for the right reasons. Being a good steward of time doesn't mean you have to be always working or doing what we normally think are religious things. Jesus did not see life like that at all. Good stewardship of time does mean, in Paul's words, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. In the New Testament, there are two primary words for time. One of them is chronos, which refers to the ticking off of the hours, days, years, the turn of the seasons. The other word is kairos, which refers to the special times when God acts decisively or presents us with a special opportunity. And those are the times that have special meaning to us. If we read in Romans 13, verse 11 to 14, it's an important reminder for us. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and, not, and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. There's no time to live in the flesh. There's only time to live for Jesus. And this morning, I'd like to look at the biblical truths that can help us be better stewards of our time. The first one is time is God's good gift to be gratefully received and enjoyed. What a wonderful gift time is. It's been called the substance of life and our most precious asset. It's an opportunity for growing, loving, and finding fulfillment and joy. Irma Bombeck once wrote a column chiding a mother for scolding her son during a worship service. The mother had said to her little boy, stop grinning, you're in church. But what a better time to smile or grin or laugh when we have gathered with others to worship the God of all joy. 
The psalmist had the spirit we could all use when he declared these words. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Just to say those words every morning opens the doors of our heart to gratitude. Time is God's impartial and generous gift to everyone. We all have the same amount each day. Every minute has 60 seconds, each hour has 60 minutes, each day 24 hours. No one is slighted. We pride ourselves on being busy people, don't we? We say or we hear others say frequently, I don't have time to do this or that. But we always have time to do the things that are most important to us. The struggle we all face is how to allocate out our time. Time is God's gift entrusted to our stewardship. We need to pray daily the great prayer of the psalmist found in Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Or this one's found in Psalm 39 verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. The second lesson, time is a limited opportunity to be used wisely. Time's limited nature is a rather sobering thought. And James said in chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. The Bible speaks of our lives as flowers that bloom quickly and wither, like, wither as grass. The grass that springs up and quickly dies away. We should never presume upon time, yet we all do. There was an unknown war correspondent who observed this tragedy of squandering lives and of squandering time, and he wrote these beautiful words. Some men die of shrapnel, some go down in flames, but most men perish inch by inch who play at little games. Have you ever asked yourself, what time is it in my life? Have you ever taken stock of your life in relation to time? There's this beautiful way of doing it. Someone devised it up. Assume you're going to live to be 80. Then the various ages you reach can be compared to the hours of the day. And if your day begins at 6 a.m. and it ends at 10 p.m., so if you're 10 years old, it's 8 a.m. already. Breakfast is already done. If you're 20, it's 10 a.m., 30, 12 noon, 40, 2 p.m., lunch is over. 50, it's 4 p.m., 60, 6 p.m., 70, 8 p.m., supper's over. You're 80, it's 10 p.m., and time's approaching to end the day. Time is to be used wisely if God is to be glorified, because each day brings us nearer to heaven. Paul urges Christians, 
Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God's people need to understand and live out his will for their life as they find it in his word. But many don't. We don't use time wisely. We misuse time when we procrastinate or put off doing today what we know we should be doing now. I love those how many people does it take to change a light bulb jokes. I've got two for you this morning. How many bureaucrat... My words aren't. How many bureaucrats does it take to change a light bulb? One, but you'll need to hire two outside consultants to help. This is my favorite one. How many procrastinators does it take to change a light bulb? One, but you'll have to wait until the light is better. There's a beautiful musical called The Music Man. And... Uh, it has a classic challenge to procrastination in it. Hugh Jackman's currently playing it on Broadway. And Professor Harold Hill is the star of this musical. And he invites River City's piano teacher to come on a summer picnic with him. And she secretly wants to go with him, but she hesitates. And then she decides not to go for fear that it might appear improper. And she says, not today, but maybe tomorrow. But Professor Hill's reply is a blow to all our efforts at putting off until tomorrow what we should do today. And he says these words, and they're a message for all of us. If we are not careful, we'll pile up so many tomorrows that all we have left is a bundle of empty yesterdays. Let's make today something to last forever. Jesus reminds us, as does James, that tomorrow is uncertain. We can live under the illusion that there's a golden age somewhere out beyond where we are today. As we dream of that, we let great experiences pass us by today. Now is the time to live, to love, to laugh, and to serve God and humanity. A proverb from Sanskrit has great truth for us. Yesterday is but a dream, tomorrow only a vision. But today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. We can't save, or save time or bank it like money. We may use money and replace it. We can't replace time. God calls us to make the most of time. If we want to honor him with our time, there are some ways we can do it. We can use time to think, work, play, read, love and be loved to laugh, to give, to pray, and to worship. Each day we should seek to do good to at least one person and to enjoy the beauty of the created world and to bear witness to our faith. Our best use of time is to help others know the saving love of Christ. And the third lesson, time is but a prelude to eternity. In John 17 verse 3, Jesus said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eventually we run out of tomorrows. Unless we have built our lives on the solid rock of Christ's love for us, eternal life becomes ours now 
when we turn our lives over to God through Christ. No time is wasted when that happens. We fulfill God's purposes for us when in the words of that great hymn, we walk with the Lord in the light of his word and trust and obey. And in return, God asks of us only what he knows we have the ability and time to do. All he asks is that we love him with all our hearts and give ourselves to his service. We are to love our neighbors and worship with, fellowship and serve with the people of God. Let no one say, I don't have time to serve God because my home life or my job or some other thing keeps me from it. We serve God by being the best parent or worker or by doing our duty so as to bring glory to him. And if our lives are so busy that we can't find at least one time out of the week together with God's people for mutual upbuilding and corporate worship, then our lives are too busy and something needs to change. Our key scripture for our stewardship series, it's in your pew leaflet this week, is Romans 12, verse 3 to 5. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of themselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned them. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. We need each other. We need the church. We need to find a place where we are being fed, where we experience the holy, where we are in awe at the presence of God. We need a place of support, a place of learning, a place where we can grow together as Christians. And if you aren't setting aside time for that, not only are you suffering, but the entire body of Christ is suffering. And what it all really comes down to is a matter of time. They say you can tell an awful lot about a person by looking at two things, their bank account and their calendar. One glimpse at their bank account and you can quickly see where their true passion lies. One quick glimpse at their calendar and you can see exactly what they are living their life for. So what does your bank account and your calendar say about you? Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40, says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Friends, as part of the stewardship series, 
I want to make this very clear. More than money, more than talent, I think time is one of the things that we fear to give away more than anything else. Money can be easy to give away. Put it in your budget, do an EFT, take 100 rand out your wallet, and you're done. Talents, those are usually the things we enjoy doing anyway, so why not do it for a good cause? But time, we hoard it away for ourselves. Sunday's my day to sleep in. Sunday is the only time I can dot, 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 fill in the blank for yourself. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to go to church, to Bible study, to a church fellowship event, to meetings. I don't have time. Want to bet? 86,400 seconds every single day. How are you going to spend your 86,400 seconds today for God? 